Hello and welcome to a special Everton podcast released especially for World Environment Day. My name is Chris Holsell uh, and I'm the chair of the Everton for Change Fans Forum Project Group. The group, made up of supporters who have a passion for sustainability, engages with the football club and acts as a sounding board for some of the club's green ideas and future plans, while also allowing us to share some of the ideas that we have directly with the club. The theme for this year's World Environment Day is Beat Plastic Pollution, and I'm being given special access behind the scenes at the club and will speak to Ellen Muir's Head of Health, Safety and the Environment, who will inform us on ways that Everton is reducing plastic waste as well as helping to deliver on the wider environmental strategy. Ella, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's good to see you here today. Tell us a little bit about your role and your duties. Hi there, Chris. So my name is Ella Muirs. I'm the Head of Health, Safety and Environment. I joined Everton uh, December, just gone. So I'm quite new here, um, but so far loving it. I've been brought in to support the cultural change that we want to do within health, safety and environment, thinking towards our new stadium and where we want to be and how we want to operate. And I think that's the key thing here is change doesn't happen overnight. So all the improvements and developments we want to make, we want to get right before we move to our new stadium. So I've been supporting across all of the football club and the community in regards to health, safety and environment. It's been a really good, really good five, six months. Excellent. And, and I'm right in saying it's a new post, isn't it? So it's, yes. it's great to see the sort of club making the, the right steps to get the right people on board and, and doing the right things. How important is it for a club like Everton to have a, an overarching sustainability strategy? Well, sustainability is key in a modern business. Um, I think we all need to be conscientious about how we operate, including the club, and ensure that we're meeting the needs without compromising the ability of future generations. The club's shown how serious it takes engaging in a point by appointing Sancroft, an international sustainability consultancy firm, to write the club's first long-term sustainability strategy to us this shows a clear commitment to the long-term holistic and environmental sustainability efforts and the strategy is expected hopefully to be completed uh, and released later on this year and and prior to this strategy i think i think it was before covid wasn't it we had the the start of everton for change so for those supporters out there that don't know what everton for change is uh, what is it and how did it come about so Everton for Change is a campaign to raise environmental awareness and explore new ways to make a positive impact on the planet. It's seen the club and Everton and the community renew their commitment to reducing their carbon footprint whilst introducing a number of new initiatives across all sites. The campaign was launched after both Liverpool City Council and Liverpool City Region Combined Authority declared a climate emergency with the council setting the aim of becoming uh, a zero carbon local authority by 2030. So it helps promote green initiatives to fellow fans and this includes Green Match Day and a bi-monthly blog in the Match Day programme. This initiative, driven by the club to help us communicate our sustainability aims to the fan base, the project group have an insight into what initiatives are taking place at the club and at Goodison Park on Match Days and on our new stadium site. Okay, so thinking back, in your opinion, sort of what are the key successes that have been had so far from the from the group? So we'll talk about the new stadium later, hopefully. Um, but for now, uh, one of the first initiatives um, was in partnership with the official catering partner Sodexo. So we saw a drive to remove single-use plastics from the fans' match day experience. 
Um, we've introduced all reusable cups in place of single-use plastic cups at Goodison Park. And at Goodison Park, uh, Sedex have also changed all plastic cutlery to wood and swapped out plastic straws to paper. We've also got reusable bags in our retail stores um, and it also includes sort of rece- recycling initiatives across all our sites. So really positive. Yeah, excellent. There's, there's, there's loads. There. I think for me, it was the, the cups that I noticed first. I think that's the most sort of obvious one there. And that's what sort of triggered me to apply for the fans for and want to get more involved in the, the Everton for change. Yeah, for me, I see it as a real positive and it's something that we can see. So it's yeah. there, it's visible and we can uh, we can all look towards that and say, okay, we are making these changes and these, these positive moves. So who has overall responsibility for driving Everton change within the club? I think that's an easy one. For us, it's everyone. Fans can play their part and employees are briefed on ways to cut down on single-use plastics. For example, a few years ago, everyone was given reusable water bottles. Um, staff are also allocated one day a year for Everton in the community to work on schemes that are based around sustainability and environmental issues, often on community schemes that benefit those in need of support or help. So lots of opportunity for everyone to really get involved in this. And you've pretty much answered my next question there, which was what role can the fans play in Everton for change? So I'm going to take the opportunity to sort of uh, blow my own trumpet a bit now. If, um, as part of the fans forum, we do have a project group uh, where we've brought together wider members and so not just members of the fans forum who are environmentally conscious. Um, so if anyone out there is listening and would like to get involved, drop us a, an email or a tweet to the fans forum and uh, we'll, we'll look to add you to that group and you can have your sort of input on how the club manages sustainability in the in the long term. You also mentioned the, the climate emergency that's been declared by Liverpool City Council um, and there's a, there's a net zero carbon target there. Have Everton, um, Everton have obviously a real influence in the city over people's perceptions, what people do. Have the club got similar ambitions to match this? So we're working with, uh, working to support the council and the city's region ambitions. As mentioned, we're aligned with Sancroft at the moment and working on our sustainability strategy, which I think will be a key component uh, for identifying where we want to get to. Um, and there's other things that we have in place now, such as our hybrid working model, um, which obviously reduces travel. So again, it goes to support how we're going to reduce our carbon footprint. Okay, so now we're going to have a look at the sustainable business operations. So, what are the day-to-day activities surrounding sustainability at the club? So, we've got quite a lot in place at the moment. Um, One of the key ones that I briefly touched on before was our hybrid working model. Um, So, all colleagues who have the opportunity and not sort of day-to-day operations um, have the opportunity to work from home which is reducing travel in the northwest, which is really positive. We've got waste disposal is key. All our waste streams are either recycled or used as fuel. We're ESOS compliant across all our sites in terms of energy use. Uh, another one is our waste recycling points across the club. So um, I think we're all quite comfortable with the recycling of plastics and carbon and glass and so on at home. So we're encouraging that um, and making that available as well across all our um, club sites. Uh, with food waste collection um, being recycled for green energy using a process called anaerobic digestion. So um, so that's really great. We have um, clean energy, so 31.9% of our energy is produced 
through a company where a proportion of it includes renewable energy from offshore wind farms. And this purchasing applies to all of our sites. The other item that we've done is we've introduced battery recycling points at all sites and a recycling scheme for Prince Rink. Um, we have sort of the basic things like lighting motion sensors. Um, so obviously lights are getting switched off and we're not leaving them running when we're not uh, using rooms or buildings. Um, and then we have low water urinals and motion sensor flushing. So all of this is sort of combined to really improve how we're operating. Excellent. And obviously with this year's World Environment Day theme being uh, plastic waste, um, how have the club looked to sort of reduce the amount of, A, the waste that's produced on site, but more specifically the, the plastic waste as well? Um, so we do have a club-wide policy on reducing single-use plastic, which is an objective Everton of, uh, Everton for Change campaign across all of our sites and business activities. Um, but further to that, 0% of our waste goes to landfill, so all our waste streams are either recycled or used as fuel. A waste management plan is in place, which means all of our waste is recorded, including disposal methods, which... I appreciate in my industry that's quite a standard way of operating and it's a need, but I think what's key is that if we're talking about this and sharing this information, all of our staff, everyone who's using our site understands what's happening and they can support it by actively um, uh, recycling their waste as well and putting things in the right bins. Um, and then finally, um, food recycling at all of our sites. So Sodexo uses smart technology to reduce food waste by up to 50%. This by using sort of a data-led approach to allow for operational and behavioural changes so we can forecast how much we need and, and not generate that excess waste, which I think is the critical part. Get it right at the start and then you don't have to really put that effort at the back end of it and chasing your tail somewhat, so really good. Yeah, it's great to hear sort of you're moving the waste up the waste hierarchy so actually not producing it in the first place exactly. before we then resort to the, the recycling and that sort of thing beyond is... It's going to be key going forward for everyone. Of course. Um, so let's look at the the stadium, Goodison Park. Obviously, we all all love it as a ground, but from an environmental perspective, I can imagine it's very very difficult. So, so what are the sort of key challenges to making a hundred and thirty year old football stadium more sustainable? Um, well, as you can imagine, it's increasingly difficult um, in that respect to, to manage a 130-year-old stadium. Um, but we do feel we do all we can while making plans to build on what we've already achieved once we've moved to the new stadium. Um, as I mentioned before, it's that cultural change piece again. If we start ensuring that we're operating sustainably now, when we move to our new stadium, we're in the right mindset and everyone's working towards the same goal, which is fam uh, fabulous. So the other thing that we have as well is the Legacy Project, which also um, puts in place detailed plans for community-led schemes to ensure that the Goodison site has a, a really viable future. And again, that's critical for sustainable uh, for sustainability. Yeah, and the, the, the plans we've seen there are, are, are amazing. They look really good. So it's, really it's exciting, good to see that yeah. Goodison is, is, is still going to be there in, in the centre. Um, okay, so let's... Move sort of. We'll move on to the new stadium in a bit. In a bit later, we'll move sort of chronologically. So we've had 130 year old Goodison, Finch Farm's slightly more modern. Um, it's obviously not not going to be to the standard that the new stadium is. Um, but what sort of benefits has 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 managing a sort of slightly newer 
well, not slightly, but a much newer <laughs> facility uh, had in terms of uh, sustainability? I think what's been really positive in my role, I, I operate operate across all sites so I literally spend time on each site uh, through the week um, I really enjoy my visits to, to Finch it is within a green belt area so again that makes life a little bit easier in some respects in terms of being environmentally friendly and um, we have quite a lot of initiatives in uh, on display um, I'm really visible at Finch Farm so we have things like e, um, obviously EV charging points now for all of our electric vehicles which is a real a real positive start. Um, our organic waste, such as grass clippings and other plant materials are being recycled into natural compost. Um, we're using organic fertilizers in all our pitches um, and pitch equipment fuel uh, was changed so that it's significantly purer um, by being virtually free from benzene and other harmful substances. Um, obviously this is making it more environmentally friendly and it and it extends the life of the machinery so if you're thinking sustainability it's not just the immediate we're thinking okay how do we ensure that we're maintaining our equipment to last longer so we're, we're not wasting um, what we've got the other thing that we do is with the drinking water we've, that we've had installed so this is um, ensuring or encouraging all staff to use refill, refillable water bottles I've got mine with me um, on site and to eliminate the use of single-use plastic cups we use water coolers from AquaAid, who also supply and build um, drinkable water projects in um, Africa. So again, supporting them. Uh, one of the other key things that, for me, I've really seen, uh, and this is like last week I saw it. So um, I was over at the free school um, and working working with them and doing one of my normal sort of visits, and they were building sort of bird boxes, hedgehog boxes and some bat boxes that are going over to Finch. So again, it's supporting the natural capital that we've already got on site. And for me, it's things like that where we're in, we might be focused at Finch Farm, but it's our whole community that are supporting this. Um, and we're really thinking about how can we do this together? Real positive step forward for us. Yeah, because I think there's, there's a real crossover in the good work that's done with Everton in the community and how that can also benefit the environment. Um, and obviously we, we live in, the, in an environment and to protect that benefits the community and doing good things for the community can benefit the environment. So it's great to see that sort of crossover that you've It's a learning opportunity there. as well because the, in the work with the, with the school and with the community, they can see that what, what we're trying to do. But I think also it, it teaches them what opportunities we've got as a community to support our environment. Um, and support what might may seem something like quite difficult in other words to do it it's like okay but even with these small steps we're encouraging um biodiversity on site which um it's really exciting yeah and they're the next leaders exactly. they're the people that will have to take it on from people like yourself going forward exactly um okay and when you're in finch do any of the players show an interest and get involved in that sort of thing um, so our players are aware of the need to be more environmentally friendly and the drive that we have to be sustainable. Um, I think they're all really positive about that and supportive of that uh, that kind of mission statement that we've got. And I think that's one of the good things at Finch is we've made that environment there for them to get it right. Yeah. And it, if you give them 
only give people the right answer to make, and this goes for everyone really, doesn't yeah. it? Then it's difficult to make the wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we build a, a working environment, whether you're playing football or whether you're sat in the office, if we give you a working environment where you can only get the answer right, to me, that's got to be the right way, isn't it? And that's the cultural change thing, because then we all start doing it. Yeah, it becomes second nature. Exactly. It's, it's harder to do the wrong thing than it is yeah. the right thing. Exactly. If it's all recycling bins in front of you, it, it, you've got more opportunity to get the answer right than if there's only one bin and somebody else has to separate it, because that's when you start questioning whether people are taking a shortcut or not. So I think that kind of thing, and I think the wider environment that we have to operate in now as well gives us that opportunity to get it right because it's a sustainability and environmental awareness and net zero. You can't, avo- you can't avoid it. Yeah. So I just think that now we're getting more opportunity to get it right and we just have to make sure that we provide work environments, whether you're a football player health and safety, health, safety and environment um, manager or advisor or, you know, you work in HR, whatever you do, if we put that environment there for people, then we can get it right. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And I think that's why working with people like yourselves, it's like, okay, well, we can make a match day right, can't we? Because we can put all the right things in place. So we have 40,000 fans doing the right thing. And you think, okay, you can get really passionate about that then, can't you? Um, and you can work with the club and you can do those things. So for me, that's that's the opportunity we've got here. So, new stadium, brand new stadium, line in the sand. Um, so what are the standout environmental considerations when you're building a, a brand new stadium from scratch? I think we all have to acknowledge that we've got a really challenging environment where we've decided to build this new stadium. Um, so that's that's one of the key things here. Um, and that's brought many environmental sort of considerations. So we've been reclaiming the land to provide a new, uh, provide new natural habitats for wildlife. Um, we've also got a biodiversity net gain agreement um, that was signed with the local authority to offset the works at Bramley Moor Dock with works to improve the local park. And throughout the public consultation held prior to the submission of planning application in 2019, the club highlighted its intention to harness the unique features of the waterside location. Um, And this is to create an environmentally friendly and sustainable stadium. So with focus on like having an efficient design, construction and operation. So prior to construction commencing in July 2021, Everton carried out um, extensive ecological surveys while marine life has safely been removed and relocated from the dock on which the stadium will be built, there was also new habitats for uh, birds such as cormorants, um, which were installed in a neighbouring dock before the f- uh, first build phase began. Um, and then there's other things such as noise insulation measures, which have been uh, which needed to be considered as well. Is the staging being built to any sort of set standards? I'm thinking. Briam or sequel, something along those lines? Yes, the new stadium is designed to meet Part L of building regulations and we've also developed a bespoke approach to Briam. It's bespoke because Briam doesn't naturally lend itself to stadia, but it is a recognised monitoring tool by all planning departments. Um, and then the other thing is that it, like, it complies with UNESCO's sustainability development criteria. Excellent. So we've seen Spurs, who have just built a, a brand new stadium in London, have topped the Sustainability League. However, Everton Football Club have made a statement that the new Everton Stadium will be the most sustainable in England. What measures will ensure that that's the case? 
Um, this is really positive. So it's great that Spurs have done this, um, but obviously we're looking forward to what we can do with our new stadium. We're advocating for fans to travel via public uh, public transport or by walking and cycling. So many options that are available there. Um, and this has all been um, included in the plans for Bramley Moor Dock Stadium. Um, the club's been really actively working with the local authority to improve local train infrastructure and facilities following the move to Everton Stadium. So we've got things like heritage, heritage assets dating back to the docks heyday, including railway lines, mooring posts, cobbles, capstans. These were removed, cleaned, protected and will be reused for the finishing design, which is, which is fabulous. Uh, so one of the key things is the stadium um, has been built using innovative techniques such as design for manufacturing and assembly. So all the materials are produced off-site in factory conditions and then they're transported uh, to Bramley Moor Dock for assembly on-site. Building using building like this also um, is 30% quicker than traditional construction, so it also helps um, increase uh, by increasing safety, reducing waste on-site, water usage, energy consumption and carbon emissions. Our construction partner has, has exceeded their ambitious target of reusing 95% of all materials on-site, um, and reducing the need, which obviously reduces the need for them to be transported to landfill. Um, this included using stone from the site in a piling mat laid on top of the stand. Even the 480,000 cubic metres of sand needed for the foundations were harvested and delivered to site in the most sustainable fashion. So this was via boats from the seabed 23 miles offshore. So there's been a commitment to monitor noise pollution and air quality during and after construction as further evidence um, of Everton's environmental promise. Um, whilst materials from the demolition of derelict warehouse buildings on site were also reused elsewhere towards the development or removed and recycled in other ways. So there's lots of different aspects to, to Bramley Moor Dock. Um, and then finally, there's measures that are featured in sustainability statements submitted as part of the planning application, including generating electricity from solar panels, harvesting rainwater for use in toilets and provision of charging facilities for electric and hybrid vehicles so that again goes back to um, the transport strategy that we've got there um, and I mentioned it at Finch in terms of natural habitat but we've also considered this over at Bramley Moor Dock so natural habitats for wildlife are going to be created in the western water channel once complete. So it sounds like we've got a a lot of things covered uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's a really really exciting project um, from where I live I can, I'm watching it grow out of the dark it's it's fantastic I can't wait to, to get in there um, but I think that's it in terms of the questions I've got for you Ella so really appreciate your time today uh, thank you for talking to us and um, I'm sure we'll speak again as part of the Everton for Change work going forward fantastic thanks for your time Chris really enjoyed it